Today's episode of Daily DVR is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, CuffLinks.com. Head over to CuffLinks.com right now. Use code DVR20 and save 20% off your order. Now listen, the Delta's out there. COVID's still around. We know that. But people are going outside. You can be safe. And if you're going to be outside and you're going to be safe, you know what you're going to be doing? Looking good because you went to CuffLinks.com. Whether you're getting married, going to a wedding, you want some nice fall accessories, okay? And when I say accessories, I don't just mean, oh, that's a nice little thing there. How about some Star Wars? How about some Marvel, some DC, some Game of Thrones? Cufflink has all the greatest high-end accessories that you could want if you want to look good. And they have the fun stuff, too. All the stuff that I mentioned, all the geeky stuff that we love. So head over to cufflinks.com, use code DVR20, save 20% off today. Thank you, Cufflinks. Cufflinks.com. Welcome back to Daily DVR Does Impeachment American Crime Story. Today we're going to be talking about episode 9, Grand Jury. You can find out more about us at dvrpodcast.com. My name is Axel, and with me today and every day is Gina. How you doing, Gina? I'm doing okay, Axel. How you doing? I'm doing good. Doing good. Feeling much better. Last week, I was a little bit out of it while we were recording, but um, I'm feeling better this week. And before I start, I just want to give a really quick thank you to Yoga Girl and Yoshi who both were kind enough to comment on the that one episode where my audio was a little wonky. And then they both went back and changed their reviews. So it's like the audio is great. So I, I mean, that really yeah. means, yeah, that's awesome. So thank you. I also want to say thank you to Akron Hammer, Dr. Poonsmith, always <laughs> learning in Cleveland, and all the other people who have given us reviews um, on iTunes, we really appreciate it. That's uh, that means a lot. It's great. It's great to know that people are listening, and uh, it's great to know that you're having fun with this series, just as as we are. I did not expect it to be so much fun because it was not exactly a happy time, you know, for all involved. But man, what a great season! And this episode again. Just what an ensemble of great acting, everybody having their turn to light it up. What did you think of this episode, Gina? I mean, I thought it was really great. And I was kind of happy to see everyone back in the mix again, um, because we are approaching the end of of this part of the story anyway. And, you know, they're going to try and wrap things up with with, I think, a little bow as as much as they can, historically speaking. But I thought it was great. Yeah, it's hard to believe we only have one more episode after this. Um, And now coming to the end and being able to judge, okay, what did they put their time into? You know, because there's so many different ways you could have told this story. Mm -hmm. I couldn't have been happier because I did not need to see the machinations of senators and what, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I didn't need to see that. I like that. They kept this a story about Monica really. And, um, I, I really, I just think that this episode in particular too, just the way that she was able to make friends with, or just be comfortable with the grand jury. I mean, Phenomenal. Like I'm, I'm so, I was so impressed watching her and I feel like I hadn't really heard this part of the story, how she just completely won them over really. I mean, and she went in there like, I'm going to have to face them. I'm pretty sure they all already hate me. And she said something really kind of funny. Like, I feel like she's very down to earth in terms of her situation and knows exactly where she is, but she's like, before she goes, she goes, how do I look? I'm going for not a deranged whore. (laughs) She's amazing. I mean, I'm telling you what to, to have the poise, to have the humanity 
uh, after going through this, really speaks volumes about her character, regardless of what kind of judgments you may want to make on her decision making and getting involved with old Bill, um, the creep. But you got you you just have to <laughs> respect how she was able to handle herself in these situations. And I was sitting there watching it with my wife, like gobsmacked. And I kept on saying to her, I don't want, I don't want to go look on Google right now, but is this actually what happened? And then I looked afterwards. That's exactly what happened. That's totally real down to the woman at the end saying she'll get hers when she was talking about Linda Tripp or what comes around goes mm-hmm. around like that literally ev- like they yep. did it verbatim. And I, I just couldn't believe that. That was amazing. Yeah. yeah. And I think she approached it with a lot of humility too. You know, she's, she was just kind of like, I have a lot of work to do on myself. And she goes, and I, and I did it once and it was horrible in terms of having an affair with a married man. And she goes, and I never intended for it to happen again. She goes, but it did. And I'm not sure why I let it, you know, I mean, which is, is probably as like as honest as you can get. Um, you know, how, how does anyone explain how they fall in love with someone or are sexually attracted to someone or builds a connection with someone? Sometimes, you know, those things, you know, there are a lot of things that go into those connections. So not like I'm going to go to Washington so I can blow the president. Yes. Like I don't think any intern signed up for that. No. And, they, that. and you know, I, I, I like, I think the way that she reacted to some rather obviously very personal and, and kind of yeah. harsh and at some points vindictive you know, you knew he was married, that one woman uh-huh. said. And then the guy says, like you're saying, like, so I guess your plan was to come here and have another, you know? And then she she will she just will not go negative or get upset or blame them. She just continues to be like, Well, that was a bad decision, I know. But, you know, and then she just but the other thing too is she protects, she's protecting him the whole time too, mm-hmm. by saying, didn't force me to take right. the job or to keep yeah. quiet. Never even mentioned it. I mentioned it, you know? So I think that, man, I, I like, I don't know how between, <laughs> I'm just, I, 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 I really wanted a Bill and Monica super couple and I know it's never going to happen and it's kind of <sighs> deranged that I want it. I know. But they are a great couple. Like what he did. I know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> you know? They, they, they're they both so charismatic. Yeah. And she's so, you know, I mean, she's so personable and so um, genuine that I think it's such a stark, not to say that Hillary Clinton isn't amazing in many ways. But I think that personality is such yeah. a stark contrast to, oh, to Hillary Clinton completely. and how we've seen her. And so you kind of get a sense of seeing these two actors on screen together, you know, going through the motions of the relationship that the two real life people had. And you're like, wow, had this been like a different time and she had, she'd met him at Yale Law, like this would have been a gangbusters couple. I mean, not to say that he and Hillary aren't a gangbusters couple, but these two had some type of charismatic spark that could have lit the world on fire in a different way than he and Hillary have. Yeah, totally. I, I really, you know, I don't know. It, it's It's so complicated just to think about it and... Obviously, this was very unhealthy for her, and she should. It would have yeah. done her a lot better to not get involved with the president, um, and it opened her up to being, you know, shot on by everyone, and you know, um, have so many problems in her life after. You know, we haven't talked much about like she's given. A, you've mentioned it too a little bit, like the interview she's given since, and. And just for this, for this show too, about how she couldn't find a job and the way that she mentions to in here, 
I won't always be Miss Lewinsky, not when I'm married, no. you know, like, and my wife keeps on saying that too, that she was listening to a podcast interview with her where they went into more depth with that and her saying like, I think it did cause a lot of men not to want to date me or even be around mm -hmm. me. And then it caused yeah, sure. a different type of guy to want to be around me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so just, but man, I was so impressed by her. And I mean, you have to give credit to the acting, directing, writing, of course, as well. But I just think the way too that there, the the way that the women on the uh, grand jury reacted, they kept on going to like that one older, <clears throat> like hippie looking white guy. Yeah. Um, but mostly it was like three black women that were really questioning her. And yeah, and she won them all yeah. over in the end. You know, I think it was it was a pretty judgmental group. You know, they they all had preconceived notions of who they were going to in that chair and and you know she said well listen you know that affair with the high school teacher and what he and his wife said is is not the not the full story and you probably think x you know because you know you know because she she realized that I mean she's read everything and watched everything that's come out she assumes that you know probably the grand jury did to an extent um, as well, you know, in terms of what they heard and made assumptions based off of what they heard. And it was kind of a smear job. You know, I just keep thinking back. I'm like, the one thing that sticks in my mind from that whole smear job of her was presidential knee pads. Like that soundbite, whether it was true or not, is like what stuck. I think that's what one of her ex-boyfriends said. Oh, yeah, she said she was going to Washington to get her presidential knee pads. Um but that was like a running joke at my office. I remember it was like a term people yeah, said all the time and she probably never even said it. <laughs> and, and, and the case can be made too. Even if that's what she wanted to do, who cares? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, that's not what uh, that's, that's where I find this. There's a level of puritanical America that just shines through. Um, you know, having the pregnant woman question her constantly about sex, right? Like oh. that somehow makes it easier. Um, the, just the way the, and the way that she was embarrassed, but the other people were trying to act like they shouldn't be. It was just very, it's always seemed to me that she was being the most human person in the room and other people were playing roles that they felt they should play and by the end of it she kind of turned it on everyone and it was just infectious like realness is infectious you know what i mean uh -huh. it's hard to straighten your tie when the person next to you is like the dude or something you know what i mean she has that uh -huh. kind of appeal um and i just thought it was interesting that it was like the hippie old white guy the three black women i think that 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 makes us think that they are going to be a little bit more open to her. But then as it goes on, you say, wait a second. Okay. I was judging those people or how they might respond. Oh, right. they're being mean to her. Oh, wait. Okay. Oh, human beings are complex. You know what I like? Uh -huh. Yes. The one woman was upset that she was with a married man. But then when she admitted it and said, she kind of came to her side and said, yeah, you know, that happens, right? And then with the yeah. Linda Tripp, everybody Whoa. hated Linda Tripp. I know. And, uh, oh, my God. I mean, we can kind of, I mean, uh. I don't know how much more we can say, oh, we should talk about the tapes. That is uh. Linda, not only the comment of she'll get hers, but then we have to see Monica sit there and re-listen to all these tapes. Which, I know. Oh. Yeah, excruciating. That was excruciating. And then the fact that she had to go back over, at least in private, every single encounter they had and what exactly took place during each sexual encounter or each meeting was also. And I was just kind of mm. thinking, gosh, it's been a couple of years at this point. Like, how do you remember each and everything? And it's like, oh, maybe because Linda Tripp had you put together a spreadsheet of it. Oh, it's just... Um, Yep. That woman, Linda Tripp, I was actually thinking 
I'm like, you know, we call everyone Karen, you know, that, that woman is a Karen. I'm like, like she's Linda Tripp is the original Karen and she's like 10 times worse. It's, it's like, I'm surprised, you know, okay, Linda. (laughs) I could imagine. Did you see that there, there was, um, there was some news report that the other day that some dude like just sat down in the middle of a supermarket because uh, you don't want to wear a mask or something. And he just oh, like God. sat down and people were like, that's that's what my six-year-old does too when they get upset. They just sit down in the middle of the supermarket. But like, you could imagine Linda Tripp just standing there getting, she would get a chair. She would say, I'm not moving. Yeah. Um, but, oh, yeah, oh. gosh. Uh, but to talk about, before we get to Linda, the tapes, excruciating. I uh-huh. find it hard to listen through a whole podcast that we record because I have to hear myself talk. <laughs> I mean, and we're being nice and just talking about TV, not spilling our guts. Right. And, and also, you have to hear the way someone's manipulating you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's yeah. terrible. Yeah. And the details of just the repeated thing. And we finally get to the cigar, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. I just thought, I said to my wife too, I said, like, did she really have to tell them that? Sometimes she was a bit naive. Like, I understand he was never going to, that was never going to come out. You could have left a lot of details out. I understand you're, it's a subpoena and you've got to tell the truth, blah, blah, blah. But you could have just not mentioned that, you know, it's, I feel so bad because that, that to me is what exemplifies the humiliation of this. Yeah. Well, I think almost at that point too, she, you know, I think she was still just kind of scared. Like I better tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing about the truth. So help me God, you know? And, um, uh, yeah, it's, um, it was pretty excruciating. And yeah, did she need to tell us that? Maybe not, but she told them a lot of other things too. Like, I kind of chalked it up to the fact that it was just this cigar incident for her, but clearly he was <laughs> having sexual relations. There was skin on skin stimulation yes, yeah. in order to arouse and, and everything else multiple times. <laughs> right. Which is, which so. speaks to the fact that it was a relationship, right? And yeah. that was cruel of him. We delight in his verbal play and the, watching him use the law and kind of a mind game. But in reality, it completely dehumanizes her and himself Mm -hmm. as well. And it's ridiculous. But then this cigar thing is like, I mean, that's like a kinky fun little thing that they did together. And it's, it's and honestly, that's no, obviously it's nobody's business. And there's nothing wrong with it. It's like nothing wrong with anything they did. They didn't do anything that they weren't hurting themselves or each other. Or it was like a cute little thing. And like something turned each other on a little game that they played. Obviously a lot of their relationship was for him too, was just based on this, you know, anticipation and, and stopping himself. And that had a lot to do with, what was going on here and their game, this kind of control issues, you know? Uh, uh-huh. um, but yeah, that was just sad. That was really sad. And all, what did you think about having the pregnant woman talk to her all the time? Well, I mean, I was glad it was a woman. I'm glad it wasn't fricking Brett Kavanaugh. Oh my God. That's Could true. Could you have imagined? He was such a little perv. He wanted the blow by blow. Sorry. No pun intended. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I think she might have been the only woman working for Ken Starr. So the fact that she was pregnant, I don't know if there was really much, really a way around that. You know, if she was the one woman he had, um, sure. you know, that was it. But then that also says a lot. I mean, I think it says a lot about that group of people, the toadies who are doing this investigation. And we can talk about that because I, I felt like there were some things that came up. Again, a couple of things with Kavanaugh, the stuff with Juanita Broderick at the end where I was just like, these oh, guys hate yeah. women. Oh, of course. They hate women. That's and what, e- even the pregnant woman at the end said, 
for your sake, I hope this is the last time we have to meet because I think that woman understood how excruciating it was. And to think about like, you know, I, I have to do this with this woman. It's like, I'm her only, you know, champion in a way, like, you know, I think that woman probably thought, thank God I'm here to at least do this for her. And it's so embarrassing as it is, it would be just a thousand times worse if a man was questioning her in this way. So thank God Ken Starr had the, you know, decency to hire at least one woman. I don't know. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't, I was, I was just kind of toying around with it in my mind of what this says kind of, in the story and, and what it said, what it says about the themes or what it says about the characters. I was thinking it does. It, it also shows the way that they have little regard for that to, okay, let's put the pregnant lady in the most stressful situation here to have to do this with her because she yeah. it makes us feel more comfortable as men. I think there's just, there's a lot going, I mean, I don't think there's one particular thing. I just want to kind of investigate it because I think they made a point of it. And I think that it, it, I, it was, it was, I don't know if it's true. I did not have, I, I, I hadn't thought of that, of looking at, looking that up before I, the show. Yeah. I tried to look up that if he actually had a female lawyer on yeah. his team, I think it would have been strange for them to make that up, that it I was a too. woman versus I do a man too. I think it, I think maybe it's just one of those times where life imitates art and yeah. you get kind of like something that's very metaphoric going on within the real world. And, and that maybe that's it. But to me, it just stood out as, you know, you, think about the bond between her and her mother, the way they threatened her mother. That's one thing we didn't mention is she had the opportunity to actually to ask Tom Hanks's son to leave the room, which was amazing. Yeah, yeah that was a great move. Yeah. And and talk about how she was manhandled during the manhandled episode. Yes. Um, I thought that was great that she asked him to leave the room. And it's like, yeah, dude, you know, this is (laughs) actions have consequences for all of us, no matter what you're trying to do. Um, There was, you know, looking at kind of the group of characters, and I don't know this lawyer's specific name, but there's one lawyer on Ken Starr's team who's a man who's a man (laughs) or several but there's one man that seems to be slightly more compassionate than the others and it's the one that i don't know his name but when they were at like yes and stars friend's house Mm -hmm. he was trying to be friendly with her he was just talking to her and she's like yeah we met before i think at that point she just didn't trust any of them but he was the one that came in at the end and kind of broke the news about Juanita broderick and he seemed kind of appalled, like, oh, my God, this is a crime and we're, we're going to do anything about it. Like, he, maybe he would have been, like, the only other person that might have been able to mm. question her with yes. any kind of yes. level of professionalism and, and compassion. Um, I mean, I think Mike Emick at that point knew better. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, that's it's not it's fucked up. It's not her job. He should have recused himself at that point, or he should have made it known to the grand jury. I was in the room. I was one of the guys, you know? And I think that that's the, the, that thing, the rape thing at the end just goes to show that regardless of what went on between Bill Clinton and Monica Lewinsky, the Ken Starr investigative team was a total sham political thing that started with Whitewater, went to Paula Jones, now it went to Monica Lewinsky, and when they actually find something that they're railing against, that a woman says he raped her, and and, and the evidence that she says Mm -hmm. she has was so compelling that this guy's actually upset about it, right? He looked like Costanza to me, (sighs) but he was upset about it. They just ignore it. Why? Because it doesn't suit their purposes of right. politics. And yeah. that's an yeah. example of like, you know, of what we're seeing through this whole thing, but just the way that everybody's used and they really never cared about her. She's just a functionary to, to right. serve their purposes. 
Yeah, some of the lines that were used in this scene, and I just thought, you know, dear God, one of these men is on the Supreme Court. And this is where, you know, he was already kind of a little shit when he was in high school. And this is how he he learned from more from these men of how to be a bigger shit was a statement that said, we can't be cluttering the paperwork with all the sexual experiences from his past, as if in raping a woman was a sexual experience for a man. First of all, I was just like, what the F? And then um, we can't listen to some lady who changes her mind about what happens one night, which is another just like, you guys are assholes. And then, oh, well, it could be in, a, in the appendix if you want. Put her in a footnote. I was like yeah. double birds to the TV screen at that point saying you motherfuckers. Um, because it's just like, you know, people wonder why the Me Too movement happened and still continues to happen. It's because of douchebags like this. And I'm sorry to say it, but the majority of men in corporate America are like these douchebags. You know, they may try and say they're very decent people, but you know what? They're not. At the end of the day, they get in a group of, you know, in a room with another with a group of men. This is how they talk. It's we've seen it like at Uber. We've, I mean, it's just, bleh. it's gross. yeah. It was it was pretty gross, and it's pretty gross too. And then in a sense, I mean, hey, you know, half an hour ago I was talking about Bill and Monica being a great couple, and he's the one who potentially raped. Uh, Juanita Broderick, right? That's who they were yeah. talking about. Mm-hmm. I just think that it just shows how everything gets lost. And hey, there, maybe I got lost there. I don't know much too much about the Juanita Broderick case. Um, I think that I, I, in the context, I want to talk about it within the context of the show. Mm-hmm. And within the context of the show, I would like them to tell us more. And I know we only have one episode left and I know that this is a historical drama and I have the capability of looking this up myself, but we're talking about this event in the context of a television show. Mm -hmm. And I do think I felt a little bit, though I agree with everything you said, I did feel a little confused by this because I felt it made a statement there. But is this all we're ever going to see of her or in the if we've only got an episode left? So I'm just interested to see where they go. You know what I mean? Because within the context of real life, I need to do more research. And I would say if I would listen to her, of course. Right. The fact they're not even listening to her. And of course, we see the way that they're going through their machinations just to get him impeached um, is another thing. But. In the context of the show, it did a little bit confuse me because we've seen her. That was the second or third time we saw her. Mm-hmm. She was approached by the rather religious lawyers, right? Mm-hmm. Who were like, we're both of God. And then she told him to leave. And then I think we saw her in one more time, like she was watching TV with her husband, or maybe that was the first time we saw her. So I think we've seen her three times. But for that to be the end of it, it does make a point within the context of the show, but I want to see what happens there. My bet is going to be that we do not see her again no. because I think the summation that Star so carelessly gave her, put her in a footnote, I feel that is basically what happened with her and her story. I mean, oh, honestly, okay. you know, because... Had you really remembered who did, would the name Juanita Broderick have meant anything to you before it came up again in the context of the show? I would have wouldn't have known it by name, but if someone said, "Well, wasn't there a woman that Bill Clinton raped?" I would I would kind of say, "Well, yeah, I think there was something about that." And so I think it just kind of goes to show that, you know they were so eager to, they're so eager to take Clinton down that, but they weren't eager to do what was right. Do like get involved in a <laughs> yeah. real crime. Yes. Do what was right and get involved in a real crime. And then of course that makes you wonder about their own personal transgressions against women as well. You know, they call 
raping a woman a sexual experience for a man? That's a huge question mark. Like Ken Starr seems to be a pretty square, you know, Mm -hmm. guy on the up and up and religious, but we know Kavanaugh had some questionable experiences. Star strikes um, me as like a Pence type, like he calls his wife mother. Yes, Yes, I agree 100%. He's very, uh, he sees seems very, you know, kind of puritanical, but still with this godly man, rape of a woman doesn't seem to be as big of a crime as lying under oath. Yes, it's a, it's a, it's a very strange, uh, I'd like to have a list of what things rank. I think it would be pretty hard. Um, but let, let's talk a little bit about, can we talk a little bit about um, Linda Tripp. Sure. <laughs> Let's go on to a better topic. <laughs> Someone happier. Um, from the toadies to the Linda. Um, for, I just want to say the beginning of the show was amazing. Rotating the. <laughs> it was. Rotate. Rota- it was very funny. And oh. the fact that. Uh, okay, I did look this up. People don't know where she was at this time. She may have been living in a hotel to hide or because she and her mind had so um, blown up her importance in all of this uh-huh. that even the reporters had left their house and she was still hiding. It That may have been dramatic license, but I think that it was really great the way that they showed that because in a lot of ways it was just like when she was going to her job it was just like it almost seems like she caused the hotel to be like that right like it wasn't the hotel itself you know it's like the old shining thing is the hotel make them crazy or secret i think in this case like this was a great hotel where everyone was having fun then Linda Tripp got a room and then they, no one could figure out to rotate the pancake. Thing. <laughs> like She just has a, a menacing quality about her. And then people were like recognizing her. It, so it didn't make any difference that she was at the hotel. Like at first I thought she was sequestered with, I didn't, a, too, I didn't understand what was happening. Yeah, it was very strange. Um, I mean, I guess yeah, yeah, it was very strange. And I was kind of thinking, well, gosh, if you're going to like hold up in a hotel somewhere, you know, to get away from people, yet you still go down to a super busy that makes you know, no sense. dining yes. room yep. to get breakfast where it's all communal. That doesn't make sense. Like you go somewhere with room service so you never have to leave your room. Um, I don't know. It was just bizarre. It was because she wanted she wanted to it she wanted to convince herself that she was so important and that this situation was still so stressful even though it had her importance in it and her power had completely subsided she was unnecessary at this point right she had mm-hmm. produced her her golden egg and they could now get rid of her, which they did, right? Like when they sat her in the other room. Oh, Linda's still here. Oh, you can go home. <laughs> like nobody right. cares. Um, but she's creating this inner mind that I thought it was pretty brilliant because it just it, it it shows that strange pathology she has of just needing to be so important. And then when she finally goes home and the potatoes are growing in the cabinet and <laughs> nobody's there nobody cares and then she's gonna you know she's gonna address the nation she's waiting for all this paperwork this this episode it was interesting the way we're getting this reality right like this big dose of reality with bill and hillary and monica and all that and then with linda it was like she she so wanted to continue to be in this insane bubble so she could feel important mm-hmm. but it was all about yeah. nothing i mean her going to back to her ho- her boss and yelling at him who's jim rash by the way that's a he oh. he looked really good you know he's he, from a community and yeah he's a writer too um yeah. i just thought this was weird but great 
Well, and also I think it's, you know, she has this feeling of self-importance. Then this New Yorker story comes out that's like a bag full of secrets, like stuff her daughter didn't even know. Like you were arrested in high school. You know, you never told us all this stuff about grandpa. You know, it was like that easy to kind of find out all the, the dirt on her and that getting arrested in high school, even if it was a prank on her, might end up costing her a job because she never said anything about it. Like, that's the thing with government jobs. Like, if you omit the fact you were arrested, even if you got out, they, they just want to hear the truth. Like, if, if they want to know if you smoke pot, you just say, yeah, I smoked it X many times. They're a lot happier to know that you told them the truth about something than right. you deny something and find out later. That's what the test really is. Later. Yes, yes. Yes, right. it is. Yes. The test is not, did you smoke pot? The test is, will you be honest with us about things that yeah. you're uncomfortable with and you may be risking yourself? Are you putting your allegiance above that, you know? And yeah. 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 Are you hiding anything that someone could, you know, kind of turn you into a double agent? Yes. Basically. Right. Compromise. Yes. Yeah. And you know yeah. what? It turns out in reality that he got in trouble more than her for that because he talked to the press about it and and that was illegal because he has not allowed to discuss the confidentiality of DOD workers mm, so her boss actually ended up getting like reprimanded or i can't remember what it was oh, he got know. in trouble because he confirmed that she lied about the, which goes to show too it's like Fucking nobody likes Linda Tripp. Right. Yeah. <laughs> nobody. It's so sad. I mean, yeah. This this really was. When I think about it, a, a, that was a strange part of this episode. Like she's walking through a fog, and everyone else is being forced to see reality. And um, and and then how about the big lead up to her grand jury? That was didn't go too well for Linda either. The big lead up to her. Well, I mean, just to her. No, just her. Gr- yeah. Once she was in there, her grand jury. Her. Oh, her- yeah. <laughs> well, they weren't fans by the time she got in there. <laughs> you know, I think they're waiting. You know, they agreed kind of after hearing Monica like, oh, you know, yeah, of course, Linda Tripp. Yeah, she's she's the devil kind of thing. And then she got in there and they were really like, but what about Monica? They're <laughs> like, you were afraid that someone was going to kill you for like what you knew and what you were doing, but you didn't have a second thought about if, if Monica would be in that sort of danger. Like, you know, she's the one that was actually intimately involved in the whole mm-hmm. situation, not just some cow going around like making tapes and, you know, doing Newsweek interviews, um, you know, it's like it hadn't even crossed her mind to be worried about the safety of Monica. It was really all about her. And I think that just really showcased what a psychopathic, narcissistic bitch Linda Tripp really was. (laughs) It was just like, yeah, this is you, lady. And then she goes out and gives that speech. And I'm just like, yeah, no one cares. They only care about why you betrayed your friend. Sorry. And that's what, the, right? As soon as she's done, she's kind of, before she can even finish, actually, why did you betray Monica? <laughs> right? like, yeah. And that's, and the grand jury too. And yeah, everybody's coming for her, deservedly so. I wonder what. Her, her what, statement was awful oh. too. I'm just like, well, how would you feel if this happened, blah, blah, blah. I was just like, wow, lady, you really are like as dull as a box of, you know, yes. crayons at the end of the school year. I was just like, oh my God. There's a reason why there's a reason why her real life never matched her fantasy of her own importance because she was not well suited to Mm -hmm. be in this environment and nor is she a good person and she does not consider other people at all. And the way the grand jury pointed it out, I like the way that they did this because We could have spent more time here, right? We spent a lot of time with Linda and Monica. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this episode was almost saying like, 
we're done you know okay enough linda mm-hmm. <laughs> you know like yeah. even we're sick of making you look even though you're an amazing actress we're sick of it um <laughs> we're gonna kind of push through this one because her grand jury scene was about a one-fourth the length of monica's mm-hmm. as it should have yeah. been she was just gave the info um but you know they just needed to show us that one scene where she's like uh 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 and totally wrong we get it we go out it's a a total letdown with the speech you Mm -hmm. see in the background her poor son and daughter standing there um they they had a lot of shots of them and i think that that was to humanize her to show that at this point it had just become like a mental health issue in a way you know and her well, and the daughter was at least cognizant enough yes, to realize yeah. that both at the hotel and even again right before she's like, are you sure you want to do this? You know, the daughter had been reading the statement, I'm sure, just thinking this is a piece of shit. Mom shouldn't read this. Mm-hmm. You know, it's awful. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was sad. It was sad. I, I yeah. don't know how much we're going to see of her in the finale. I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if that's maybe it, honestly. Um, I don't think that she had much more of a role in anything. So, um, you know, I I think that if that, if that is, if that's our finale for Linda, an amazing performance, amazing makeup, the jaw and uh, just the holding of the mouth is like, uh, just so incredible. Her smell the fart expression. Oh God, amazing! It just always looks like something rancid is under her nose. Ooh, so you know, yeah. Just give total shout out. And uh, Linda, we hardly knew you, and that's good for me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I don't need to know anymore. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) You want to talk a little bit about Paula Jones and the nose job? And this, this, I want to say up front, this was reversed. In reality, she did the the case was dismissed first. Then she got the nose job. Okay. So just I don't know if that makes I just just because we have been bringing in the true facts here. It, does that dramatically change? Does the dramatic license really change it? Meh, I think it does work better for the show to show her get the nose job. And then she's standing there finding out that it happened with no money, the nose job. And she confronts the husband in that state. I think it works better dramatically. So I'm cool yeah. that they switched it. Although where did the the dissing of the husband come come into that trio? Was that don't know if that's true case? or not? Okay. I don't. I don't know. Hmm. I would. Be, I would hope that it happened though, because fuck him. <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed watching her come to the realization that he thought she had given Clinton a blowjob the whole time and really was just a, you know, loser money grubber. And she was just like, well, you know what? Fuck you. I was like, finally, Paula. Yay. Like something is coming out of this. She's getting a clue. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I didn't, I, I, I felt that way. Definitely. But I also felt like it wasn't like he was really hiding it. You know what I mean? I think it was pretty obvious I think it was more about her growth, right? And I think the nose job in in, in a, a lot of ways when they show someone getting plastic surgery, changing their face, something like that, especially on a TV show, it signals something bad or they're right, they're hiding themselves, they're they're um obscuring feelings or a lot of times it's used as a negative thing. In this case, it was kind of like a positive thing, right? Like it was a step for her, you know? And it, I mean, I know she says, I didn't know I had a bad nose until everyone told me or whatever, but it does oh, signal at least maybe a little bit of taking control of herself or her life. And that's what I guess you'd want to think for this character in the show. Yeah. Yeah. But I have to admit, I I felt bad, too, because I'm not so sure that I believe her. I got to be honest with you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't know. I've read a little bit more about this, and I I always felt like there was more to the story. Yeah. But I wouldn't. It does look 
it did look like she did get some money in the end. I believe that um, she did. Yeah, she, she did, but I think it was only like two hundred thousand by the time she paid all her expenses. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, in all those cases, the lawyers are always take like half off the top, and then what are they billing you hourly? I always wanted to have a well. I did. I guess when I was an editor, I I, I didn't really bill hourly sometimes, but yeah, get at it. I always wanted to be able to be like, you got to pay me for talking to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh boy. Uh, you know, but no, never worked out. But yeah, that was sad. I don't know whether we're going to see her again either. Um, and if this is the end for her and this character in the show, I think we got to see her tell off the husband. He goes marching out. Uh-huh. It was his idea not to take the 700, by the way. He agreed. Uh-huh. Right? So he did. With Susie. So, that, you know, that's, let's remember that. Um, but also again, shout out to the great acting. I think that this character really came alive, made you care. And I got to respect the show too, because here we are, like they did not make these women look like these women, like Bill's women. They were characters. They were human, right? Uh They had their own agency. And I think that's, that's cool that the show I mean, I would always expect that from Ryan Murphy, but I appreciate that they try to create a rounded person. Mm-hmm. Didn't really yeah. do that for Brett Kavanaugh, but that's okay. Well, you know. I just want to hear you go I off. think um, <laughs> that was a setup. I was just like, oh, that whiny cry, baby. <laughs> that I was mean, a DJ what a Tim Hines setup for you. What a little, um, I just, oh God. Oh, yeah. That guy. Um, all right. Well, I mean, the last thing we have to talk about, unless you wanted to chat a little bit more about Paula, um, is Bill and Hillary and kind of Bill's apology. What'd you think? Yeah. I mean, I thought this is an amazing apology. However, we have to remember that he is a super smart guy and is like a silver tongued genius. And, you know, I think I (laughs) said something about him like being a panty dropper and when he talked and how I might have mentioned it really early on when we started covering this that I think it was the second time Obama was running for re-election and he came up and gave a speech it was so good that afterwards I'm kind of like who's running for president it's Bill Clinton running for president again because it was just, (laughs) it was like so mesmerizing. And so this guy knows how to pull people in. And um, I loved it when she said, Is that all? And he goes, And I love you. Of course. (laughs) You complete me. You had me at hello. God. That was brilliant. Yeah. That was a, that, this was, um, I'm sure they had a lot of fun shooting this. Oh, yeah. And great performance by both of them. I, I, I just, I mean, I think you described it perfectly. He, it it was, it was silver tongue, but it made it, you know, he looked a rate in it. You know, people always said, uh, and I've heard this from people who have met Bill Clinton and Barack Obama too that they make you feel like you're the only person in the room mm-hmm. that when they look at you, they make you feel like they just lifted you up onto the stage with them. Right. They're mm-hmm. not talking yeah. down to you. They lifted you up and you're as important as them. And they're listening to everything you say and responding to you with the same gusto as though you, they are impressed to meet you. You know, thank you so much, you know. Um, yeah. I, so well, and, and, and you saying it like that, remember Monica said he was my sunshine. And yes. so if that's the way he was making her feel, yep. that's a high, right? Like you're oh. on that high and you're, you know, and that just sucks you further into the relationship and makes you not see straight. Right. Because it's it's it becomes like a drug. He's my sunshine. And um, oh, oh, I mean, totally. I mean, yeah. hey, 
I've fallen under the spell of women like that too. I mean, you know what I'm the men, women, there's people who can just make you feel like that, you know, yeah. and they don't, they're not always the president. Um, that's true. I mean, I think that it's, you know, it can be a technique too. There's people who read books on how to act like that or feel, I'm sure Trump has read a million books oh, to, to shake, <laughs> shake your hand so strong. <laughs> If that motherfucker did that to me, I would punch him in the shoulder. I'd be like, get the fucking hand off me, dude. What are you doing? I've met dudes oh, like Lord. that, and I always give them a look after. And I'm like, what was that about? Like, what are you doing? I mean, come on. Honestly, I'm just trying to say hello to you. That's why I kind yeah. of, I'm kind of happy that the handshake has gone away. I never liked it. I never liked shaking people's hands. I don't. The dap is okay. You know, I like, I don't mind a hug, but I guess COVID hugging isn't so good, but I never liked the handshake. And I always felt it was very, um, man centered, right? Mm, like maybe. men shake hands. And I always, it was like, whenever I would, me, it was like, do I shake your hand? Do I, hug? you know, I don't know. I just, I'm not a handshaking kind of guy. So, mm. but that's just me. I don't know what that has to do, anything to do with what we're talking about. <laughs> Well, because Bill Clinton, you know, I don't oh, know yes, how yes. he sucks you in. He'd probably yeah. hug. I'd hug Bill Clinton. I'd give him a hug. Um, but yeah, the, I mean, obviously, Hillary acted like she wasn't blown away by that, but she was because, you know, she yeah she gives the speech of we're I'm going to protect you right when he gets the list. Yeah. Of, yeah. of the senators that are maybes or yeah. And then the list of could go either way is like the whole everyone, <laughs> like, you know, they just didn't know what was going on at that point and how, how, how things were, you know, going to shape up. But she says, yeah. we're going to fight like we always, those GOP has been trying to take us out at our knees. You know, mm -hmm. it's, they, they form this story. They, they get their Bonnie and Clyde on. Right. And the team, it's like the team is back together. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And, and she kind of agrees and, you know, is like, you know, I know what can help turn her around. I can't, exactly. you know, and I'm just like, wow, she's, she's back in it. And do she doesn't seem to be asking for anything in return yet. Um, but I think there's something to be said about, if she has political ambitions beyond this, she knows that <clears throat> having him in her corner is going to do her well with the people that like her, but love him. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I think that that's, it does, you know, we don't get a, I love you, Bill, right? We get a, the teams back together. Yeah. And I think that that speaks to the idea that their um, partnership in maybe this was a, a, a time for her when she had to rely on more of that or when she did realize, like she said a couple episodes ago, maybe this is an agreement, you know, and if yeah. if the people <laughs> in it don't know, then it probably is. So... <laughs> Right. I mean, yeah. that's kind of the way I would feel about it. So I think that she's taking the logical step forward. I mean, he's the president of the United States, you know, uh -huh. this isn't Joe Schmo. And she and I think that that I think I can respect that. And coming back with a more of they're against us, that feeling is where they're comfortable, too, because I think that that's something that could be said, too, is. If ever, there's no doubt the GOP was against, I mean, it's ridiculous oh, yeah. and that's the truth. But after a while, you do start to feel like everybody's against you. It's hard to tell the difference mm -hmm. when, yeah. you know, cause you're choosing that life as well. Um, so that's, we'll see. I mean, got any predictions? Got any, I mean, I have, I'm, I always just sit back and watch each episode, but we only got one more left. I mean, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how they wrap this up. I, I really don't have any predictions. Um, I mean, you know, it's, 
I, I don't know. It'll be interesting because it's been so good up until him, up until up until now. It kind of makes me wonder, like, how do you end this now? How do you end this on a note that still makes you think, dang, you know, this was just so crazy. Um, because I feel like we've gotten past the crazy part of it. So I, I don't know. I'm kind of at a loss of what they're, how they're going to wrap it up. Yeah. I, I agree with you. The, you humanize, right. And try mm-hmm. to concentrate. Maybe I, I would, I would think that the first part of the episode is going to be a lot about the media and, and impeachment. And, and, and I think that we might just move more in, we might even jump ahead in Monica's life. I, I would like a, a scene there where we get yeah. to see, Hey, what happened to her here or there? I, and if she even pops up in real life at the end, I'm, I'm kind of a sucker for like, she's walking down the street, uh, you know, the character beanie, I mean the mm. actress beanie. And then like, she meets a friend and she gives him a hug. We don't see, they turn around and it's the real Monica Lewinsky. And then they will, like, <laughs> That'd be off, kind of funny. you know, walk off down the street together. Right. Like I kind of dig that, that kind of fourth wall breaking, yeah. but who knows? I'm just excited to see where it, Ends. I have really been blown away by this season. Like I said, when we first started, I was had a little. I was a little like, I don't know. Is this going to be fun to cover too? I'm. I'm enjoy cover. You know, I want to do a show with you and talk to you. But the 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 subject matter is not exactly happy. But they have made it fun and interesting and compelling this entire mm-hmm. season. And it's a pity that it's not, I think, I don't think this is going to show up on Netflix for like six months or something. Oh, wow. But I would predict that people maybe listening to this pod now picked it up on Netflix. I think it'll have another life because this was damn good. Yeah. Um, Did you have a chance to watch that documentary? I I didn't watch the, I didn't watch the whole thing. I watched part of it. They do have some interviews with Monica that probably in it that are probably only a year or two old or whenever they did it. It might have been like a 2017, 2018 thing. And there's this one part where she she still breaks into tears. And it's been so many years. You know, it's like been so many years later and you just kind of feel for her. Um, But I thought, yeah, I thought it was interesting just seeing all these people that we've seen. Yes. played as caricatures <laughs> in real life. And I was just like, oh my God, that's, yeah. that's what he looks like now. You know, Isakoff and, uh, um, oh gosh, the blonde lady that did the book deal. And I was just like, oh my gosh. And we're you speaking know, of who, Hulu has a new docuseries called Monica and Bill, it's called, right? Yeah, and I don't think it's necessarily new, but they're playing it. And it's just it was just like I want to say like maybe two episodes or it wasn't long. It, it it just kind of went over a very short period of time um with this. But I wanna say, um, oh, Ann Coulter, of course, is in it. Yeah. And she oh, brought right, up the it was point. A, oh, I'm sorry. I think it was an ABC news thing that originally. Yeah, thing. it was yeah, like kind yeah, of a that's news right, thing. That's right. And Ann Coulter was in it, and she brought up the point, and I was like, oh, holy. Bill Clinton had given Hillary a copy of Leaves of Grass at one point. And I was like, oh. She's like, does he have a whole bookcase of them for all the women? I was just like, oh. Like, that hurts. That hurts if that's true. I was just like, oh, damn. Um, that's his flex, you know, right? Yeah, that's his. Yeah. Um, oh, nothing like some poetry to, you know, get things going. Um, there you go. And um, there was one other thing I wanted to bring up. There was a news thing that happened this week on it's the CBS Sunday Morning Show, and this isn't a show I watch frequently. I just kind of happened to catch it, and I was like, oh. This would be really interesting to bring up. Um, there is an interview with Huma Abedin. Okay. Who was Hillary Clinton's aide from the time she interned, I want to say, in the White House or had her very first job there, very young, when you know Hillary was first lady and has been an aide to Hillary Clinton pretty much ever since. Huma was the wife of Anthony Weiner. Yep of photo 
junk fame and many other unfortunate events with texts of underage girls and all that kind of stuff. There was one point because Wiener kind of had like three bubble up moments of his indiscretion in this way. Mm-hmm. And I, it was before the last one. I want to say it was maybe during the second time this happened where she said, you know, um, she wasn't taking calls from anyone, not even Hillary Clinton, because she knew Hillary was going to say, you need to leave him now, which I thought was very interesting and insightful. And I'm kind of like, oh, had, had we turned back the clock on this, would Hillary have picked differently? Interesting. Then she was going to give advice to this woman to get on, get out of there <laughs> as fast as she can. And this is a woman that's not even in the spotlight necessarily in the same way Hillary Clinton was with political ambitions yeah. to run on her own. You know, I just thought it was very interesting. It's a, it's like a 12 minute interview that they did, but it was still, you know, kind of interesting. And, you know, she she talked about kind of their relationship a little bit and just said, well, Hillary Clinton's very loyal. And I think she'd say the same thing about me. And and they're like and she goes, oh, why is, why do you say Hillary Clinton's loyal? She goes, well, all this stuff in my personal life didn't make her life any easier. You know, it's just kind of very interesting. Very interesting Definitely. kind of insight into and Hillary Clinton. I mean, yeah, yeah. She's like saying, "Leave him, leave him before he's president. <laughs> he gets too much power that you can't." And I think yeah. you know, that is an interesting question. <clears throat> yeah, it's it's so hard to say in relationships, especially. I mean, what you don't know what goes on behind closed doors. Uh-huh. But to to have an honest assessment of her saying, "Hey, if he wasn't the president, right? If." This, if you know, right, he was fooling yeah. around with his intern at his university because you both became professors, right? Would have mm-hmm. you left him? Of course, I would have left him, you know, but yeah. you don't really know that though, right? Like, it's right. so that's why this whole thing is so fascinating to all of us mm-hmm. to see these people who are on, t- you know, famous people, TV, historical figures acting just like dumb people like us, right? Is what we love to see. And we love to elevate people and then take them down. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, yeah, that's kind true. of the American way is to elevate your hero and then kill your hero. Um, but I guess in a sense, you know, Hillary has seen it all. It would be interesting to, to ever, we'll, we'll never know. We'll just never know. Probably not. No. Nope. You know. And maybe that's okay. I mean, I got my own life to worry about. Sorry. Hillary. <laughs> <laughs> there, there are a lot of, there are a lot other, there are many other things I would like to know before kind of that. I, I'd like to know the truth about the last president. And some of his <laughs> I want to know what, um, the, I want to know about the aliens. I want to know. I mean, well, we did start a space force, so I have a feeling they might exist. That's true. That's true. I know somebody, right. uh, Trump accidentally saw the X-Files. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, um, how is my boyfriend saying? Because he's like a physics person. And he was saying, like, unless we can find a way to travel faster than the yeah, speed of light, it's true. our hu- hu- humankind will cease to exist at some point. Because he's like, because I'm pretty sure there are other entities out there that have figured it out. Like, we have enough supposed visits. And I was just like, oh, this is really interesting. This is what you think about when I'm not around. You should tell, like I'm sure he may have read it already, but I always will tell anybody. Tell him about the Three Body Problem series. That is one of the best sci-fi series I've ever read. It is brilliant, and it touches on this in a very interesting way. But we're not here to talk about that today. We're here to talk about impeachment, and we will be back next week. I want to thank again everyone, each and every one of you, for downloading and listening We really do appreciate it. If you wanted to support the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash DVR. You can become a patron or you can give a one-time donation. You can do whatever you want. We do have a lot of great podcasts up there. 
next week is our final episode but if you subscribe to daily dvr or soon you can look on on all the other places and find mayor of kingstown heath and i are going to pick that up i think that actually starts the sunday after so i have a, a little bit of a break before we start in the new show but this has been fantastic i can't wait for next week any final words gina i don't think so i think we covered it all all right well until then peace out everyone have a great week. All righty. All right. <laughs>